is what makes this such a moment for the bucket list. I actually fell to tears. I remember thinking that this is that this moment felt kind of heaven sent, if I can be spiritual about it. Welcome to the Crossing It Off Podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. My name is Roger Williams, and as the host of this show, I will be interviewing guests, people just like you, that are crossing items off their own bucket list. My hope is that by hearing these stories, you will be inspired and empowered to cross items off your own bucket list. When you find something impactful for your journey, we invite you to share the episode with one other person and leave an honest rating or review of the show. This is an amazing way for you to gift those feelings of inspiration and joy to others. Now let's start crossing it off together. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Crossing Off Podcast. I am super excited for my guest. When I saw the topic that she wanted to discuss and the items she crossed off your list, I said, yes, please. So Margie Haddad describes herself as a PR pro, an author, a speaker, and a mom. Margie, thanks for being here. It is my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So tell our listeners, what did you cross off your list? A camel ride at sunrise. Okay, that's uh, that sounds exotic and fun. Probably didn't do it at a zoo in the States, I'm sure. So tell us, where did this come from? How did it show up in your life? Where are you at when you said, oh, I want to do this? What was going on? I was at first sitting in my living room in Israel, reading through an itinerary for a, destin- a destination wedding in Morocco for one of my long-term friends. And one of the items on the itinerary was a camel ride at sunrise in the Sahara Desert. Wow. I thought, that is so way cool. I'm in. So I collected my husband and my two daughters. My son was in the military at the time, so he couldn't join us. And off we went on an exotic adventure to Morocco which led us ultimately to the Sahara Desert where we had that camel ride. And so was it the whole wedding party or was it just an option for a a side trip since you were coming in and and coming to this destination wedding? That That is an absolutely great question. So the short of it is everyone who was in the wedding party was invited to go. But you have to keep in mind that the hours of this camel ride in order to get there you have to start really early so we had to get up at something like two o'clock in the morning to get into the cab in the dark of the night and it's cold in the desert at night right and the reason why you have to start this early is because they want you finished by a little bit after sunrise to kick it in august we were there in August. It gets Oof. wicked, wicked, wicked hot. Yeah. And you can dehydrate very, very quickly. Interestingly enough, I had dehydrated the day before and was at dinner, was drinking like tons and tons of water. I couldn't drink enough. And then I had a huge migraine and I was still so pumped and mm. psyched to go on this camel ride that I said to myself, 
headache or not, it's now or never, get up, collect the kids, and go. So that's what I did. So how many people was it in your group, in your tour, or whatever you're going to call it? Was it, and it was just the wedding party members, or were there other people, other tourists and folks there, or was it just the wedding party on that trip? I think that there were other groups, as I recall. Ultimately, what they do is they put you in a cab, and you go in the dead of the night, driving through the desert at top speed, and all (laughs) you see in front of you is vast emptiness right and then at the end of the ride all of a sudden there are these bright lights and you see a whole sea of camels coloring the area in front of you it is one of those most spectacular scenes i've ever seen and i hadn't even gotten out of the taxi yet (laughs) so it was us and whoever else happened to be there but you're waiting to be guided to what you need to do and obviously there's like three, three or four people in the cab. So. And how, how long in total was the camel ride? Was it several hours or was it, you know, was it just a quick, we're going over this berm and that's it. You start, I, I would say the short answer to that was probably a couple of hours mm. because you, first of all, they assign you a camel and then you get on this camel, which it's not like riding a horse. <laughs> and literally when like the camel kneels down you get on the camel and then it stands up and you really have to hold on pretty well not to fall off as it rises back as the camel rises up that's the hard part Mm -hmm. yes and so balance you have to like really hang on and then you are lined up one by one in a caravan and then you start to walk and as you're walking and there's several lines of caravans the sun begins to rise and the colors of the Sahara desert take shape and are spectacular between the shadows and what you see in the sky and the distance and close by and just right in front of you. Everything is eye candy. And I remember, and this is what makes this such a moment for the bucket list, I actually fell to tears. Hmm. I remember thinking that this is that this moment felt kind of heaven sent, if I can be spiritual about it, and that I would probably never again in my life, unless I went back for another camel ride, experience the same magic of that moment. And actually, I probably won't, because I was with my two daughters who are now, you know, grown. And they were younger back then. So it was a real great mother-daughter bonding experience. Mm. And having that wonderful experience together of this magical moment. And it was nothing short of breathtaking. And I would highly advise, if you can, to put such a thing on your bucket list. Because it's like nothing else. Perception is that they're kind of mean. They might bite you. They spit. They, you know... did they prep you for any of that or did they just say, Hey, get on and we're going, or did, did they kind of walk you through how to be with the animal? No, they did not. (laughs) No, they did not. And you are absolutely correct in your assessment and description of the camel. I was describing the camel ride, not the actual camel itself. Camel itself. Okay. (laughs) 
Okay, God loved the camel, but honest to God, it is not my favorite animal. I've been on a camel ride multiple times in my life. The one in the Sahara Desert was the most spectacular. I can imagine. Because of the organization, because of the sunrise, because all of the magic of the Sahara Desert, per se, at the time that we were there. It was just really cool. The camel itself, let's say this. On the way over, we walked over, right, with the camel. Then we got off the camel. Then the kids played in the sand and jumped into the dunes and slid down on carpets, you know, like camel rides down the hill, kind of like you're going down like a, a mountain with snow kind mm -hmm. of a thing, but you just do it on the sand there. And then, then it's time to go back after maybe an hour out there. And what was funny, and I'm bringing up the personality of the camel now because you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Okay. We switched camels on the way back. And the camel that I rode on the way back was not pleased with the switch mm -hmm. and made it very well known <laughs> to me and to the guide that the cat that he was not he or she I don't know it was a male or female camel frankly I don't remember but started screaming and carrying on I was sure this camel was going to bite me and I got really really nervous yeah and when I got back to the bus I said, well, now I've learned how to speak camel. So I had this running <laughs> joke with the people on the bus because I had a camel impression at the time. And I said, now let me translate. I don't get paid enough for this job to have this woman on top of me. Give me this sweet young thing who was on before. This is just, you know what? I want to raise, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was laughing. I was actually scared when I was on this camel. But what happened was the guy came up to the camel and looked him straight in the eye. And kind of like had a moment with this camel. And then the camel chilled out. Wow. It was crazy stuff. But I was like, okay, this this ride back can't be short enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the sun was already up, you know, the magic yeah. was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go. <laughs> you know? And your two daughters were with you. Did they ride their own camels or did, did they ride together? Or did they ride with you? How did they... How old were they and what was that experience like for them in doing that? My daughters were in junior high and okay. high school at the time. They rode their own camels. The camels <laughs> liked them. They didn't like me. <laughs> and you talked about it being this like magical experience for you and that you you had, you know, almost to tears did your girls also feel the same or were they like after a couple of minutes, they were like, well, get me off of this, get me back to my iPad. What, what was kind of their feeling about this experience? I believe that they enjoyed it tremendously. It ultimately is a bucket list thing. <laughs> Once you get there, you go, okay, I'm really glad I did that. I can cross that off my bucket list. And they enjoyed the environment and appreciated the experience. They appreciated the experience together. It was a really, really fun time. And of course, being young people that they are, of course, you have to get the obligatory pictures, correct? So <laughs> We got we got some good stuff for social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so important. Uh, I read a statistic the other day that said. Uh, 66% of millennials said that, that they wouldn't go someplace 
and visit a location if they were told they couldn't post it on social media. I was like, wow. You know, it's like focus on the the here and now. You can get pictures. That's great. But if if your whole goal is to get grab the honeypot photo, it's not necessarily, you you might miss something. So it sounds like they didn't miss anything, which is good. Now, our guide was actually quite accommodating and asked us if we wanted pictures. So we have Mm -hmm. pictures of the caravan. We have pictures once we got off the camels. There's lots and lots of pictures. And keep in mind, too, we were all dressed up like Berber women. Mm. So we had the head wraps and the traditional clothing on as we were riding in the desert as well. So when in when in the Sahara. <laughs> right. And was that something that happened once you got to like the camp where the camels were, or did you, or did you know to do that before, you know, dress that way before you left or how did that, how did that piece fit into your, to your experience? Beforehand, while we were still at the hotel, they wrapped us all up to make sure that we were all set. Keeping in mind, yes, it's traditional, traditional wear, mm-hmm. but you also need to be protected from the sun. Mm. It's it's no joke. When, when they say it's dry as the Sahara Desert, now I know what exactly what that means. It's not figurative for me anymore. <laughs> I know what that means. So you do want to protect yourself, including from sunburn or from heat stroke or from dehydration. And the clothes that they had given us to wear helped with that. Plus, it was kind of fun. Here at the Crossing It Off Podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. If someone you were talking to said, oh, I'd like to do that, or I'm going to put that on my bucket list. What's like one thing besides just go do it, like just do it, the Nike slogan. What's something that you would say to them? Oh, you need to make sure you you do X, right? So like I did the Camino de Santiago and a friend of mine said, you have to make sure you're always constantly taking selfies with the people you meet because you never know when you're going to see them again or if you're going to see them again, if you have lunch with somebody and that was her advice to me. What would be something that you would share with somebody that wanted to put this on their list? Make sure you drink lots of water before and after so you don't dehydrate. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, you, you would laugh about that, but the truth of the matter is that dehydration is not a nice thing. And you can feel really, really sick. So I would say avoid the health concern and make sure that you drink a ton, like a couple of days before and leading up to and after so that you don't suffer the same headache that I did. Mm-hmm. And so that you can feel as healthy as possible to enjoy the rest of your trip as well. Yeah, that's super important. Did the tour guides provide water while you were out there? Or did you have to bring your own? I don't. Re- I, th- I think that we had tea at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any water. So, so make, asking that question ahead of time would be <laughs> would be good to make sure that you've got it. That's a good piece of advice. You talked about earlier, you said that it was a very spiritual experience. How did that translate to after you were done? Like after you had crossed it off, you had gone to the wedding, gone home. How did that experience impact you or stay with you after you had completed it? I think that 
that one of the wonderful things in life is to rack up the experiences. You know how sometimes people say, what do you want to spend your morning on? Things or experiences. I would say a combination of both, but if I had a choice, I would say the experience because that always stays with you and makes you the person who you are. And each experience helps you to maximize the next experience and also pay it forward to your kids and to whoever you come into contact so that they can benefit and learn from your experience as well. So I think it's an all around really positive thing to adventure. And just like you were asking about what advice I would give to somebody who wanted to go on a similar experience, drink water. When I came home and people were asking me about it, I said that it was just so magical and that I hope that they have an opportunity to experience the same. But when they go, they'll know to bring the bottle of water with them. How do you engage your children, all three of them, how do you engage them in that idea of living life to the fullest or, or going after the experiences over the the stuff? How do you how do you encourage them to do that as a parent? Opportunity, whether it's local or international. That's something we've been doing from the early days. My kids have gone to overnight camp. We've taken them on trips around the world. We've gone skiing in the French Alps. We've adventured in Costa Rica. We are just about to go to Dubai mm. and experience yet another culture. And one of the reasons why this has been a primary activity of ours is because I think when there is a lot of travel and to exotic places and to experience different things, it hopes to it helps to widen your children's perspective. It opens them up to different cultures and to understand that everybody does it differently, not better or worse, but differently. And to understand that our perspective is not the only perspective. And this kind of attitude will help them to function and get along with people from all over the world, contribute what they are good at to have their own skill sets to be proud of, but also to interact with others as well. And when everybody brings their best to the table, the net result is something spectacular and positive. And in that way, ultimately, Roger, you can be a part of the solution rather than the problem. For me, I'm a big person of, of setting an intention for your bucket list. Like you need to have a, a kind of the reason why you're doing it. Right. Not just so that I can get Instagram likes or, you know, be seen as somebody that I've keeping up with the Joneses, but it's, it's said, what's that intention. And so it sounds like to me, like confidence, having, you know, instilling more confidence in your children is part of what you're looking to do. And I think that's, I think it's awesome. And I think anybody can, as they, I know I have found confidence in crossing items off my bucket list that just makes me strong. Confidence. Yeah self-esteem, mm. resilience, self-love, all of these are byproducts of travel and experiencing other cultures. And, you know, frankly, you don't have to have a passport to do it. Mm. You can do it right in your own backyard. You can have that bucket list check off your list, you know. You can have that really cool exotic experience and maybe it's a walk down the block or a car ride away. 
depending on what the opportunity is, because there's people all over the world living in all of our backyards. Yeah. You know, maybe there's maybe there's a, a a ceremonial party, you know, a bar mitzvah or a confirmation or something from a, a person, a family that comes from somewhere else in the world, you know, from the Far East or from the Middle East, and they're having a celebration. How cool would be that? The first time you've ever gone to a bar mitzvah, if you're not Jewish, the first time you've gone to a confirmation party, uh, if, if you're not Christian. Uh, if the first time, you, you know, the Muslim world, what have you, whatever the celebration is. Have you ever been to a mamona? Have you ever been to a hina? There's also, do you know what these, these things are? These are very exotic things. Right. A hina is a Moroccan wedding party. A mamona is the end of uh, Passover. It's a Jewish holiday. Mm -hmm. End of Passover celebration where the Jews and the non-Jews celebrate together the end of Passover so they can do business together again. That's the old way from Morocco. I learned that in Morocco, by the way. <laughs> And these things are going on all over the world. Mm -hmm. So and, how fun is that? Yeah. And like you said, in your backyard too, right? I mean, uh, America certainly has its its issues like everywhere, but I'm so grateful to live in this country because it's so diverse. And, the, you know, um, my partner and I, New Orleans on our bucket list. I've been, she hasn't. And New Orleans, like to me, is like a whole nother world. I love it. I think it's the best city in the States. And but it's right here. I don't, like you said, I don't need a passport to go do that. And so I think that that's really important for people to keep in the back of their heads that it doesn't, doesn't have to be Angkor Wat or Morocco or Machu Picchu, but that there's stuff all around you. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Well, I love diversity. It, it, it totally, I love it. It rocks my world. When I see somebody who is the same, I say, great. What do we have in common? When I see somebody who might be different, from a background perspective, I go, oh, how cool. What can I learn? Yeah. Margie, what's something else that you want to like that you're thinking about crossing off your list or you're excited about or something that you really want to engage with? I am excited to go to Dubai next and experience ah. that culture from, from a travel perspective. And a major thing that I'm very excited about to cross off my bucket list is becoming an author for the first time. Nice. When's that going to happen? My new book uh, called The Power of PR Parenting, How to Raise Confident, Resilient, and Successful Children Using Public Relations Strategies will be published by Muse Literary, run by Sarah Canal and Patricia Fors, on April 4th, 2023. So it's coming up really soon. Yeah. And it's something that I've always wanted to do, but was inspired only a couple of years ago to actually do it. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. That's been on my bucket list. I accomplished that in 2022, but I also have like three more books in my head that I need to get out. So, so I understand having that on your bucket list and wanting to do that. I also just want to tell you that, that my children are grown 25 28 and 30 and i still want to read that book because <laughs> it's just the topic fascinates Thank me you. i'm just like like that sounds really interesting i want to read that so margie you know it sounds like a very interesting topic for for the book why did you want to write i mean like i said i'm interested in reading it and i don't have kids you know to raise anymore they're on their own why was this so important for you to write it was important to write because there's lots of challenges for parents as a general rule. 
there are even more challenges today for parents in the post-pandemic world. It is crazy how things are changing. And my daughter was telling me that she had a friend who was concerned that in today's world, it would be very difficult for her to become a parent and also pursue her, mm. her professional interests. And she said to her, what are you talking about? My mother's been doing this for 25 years. <laughs> of course you can do this. She said, mom, you made some mistakes, but overall, I think you got it right. I think you should write a book to help the next generation of working moms to learn from your experience and expertise. And then I thought about it and I thought, well, what exactly did I do right? And it occurred to me that I had used my professional expertise to raise my kids. That's where PR parenting came in and became a thing. So ultimately, Roger, this is a movement to inspire and help the current generation of parents of toddlers to teens answer the question, how on earth do I handle this, no matter what it is? And to have a tangible action plan at the end of each chapter, which also, by the way, includes the book has a, a, a complimentary associated workbook with it so that you can actually deep dive and have a plan of what to do. It's in your hand. You have the power of PR parenting and your own superpowers to exercise the best of you to bring out the best in your kids. And what I'm hoping is that this movement and this practice of PR parenting begins with me, but that it doesn't end with me. Mm -hmm. That for generations to come, parents can teach their kids and their kids can teach their kids how to use the communication skills and practices to be the best that they can be and have an easier time with all those challenges. Where can folks find you online, Margie? They can find me on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. And I'm doing a little bit of TikTok. My kids are encouraging the video. <laughs> so you'll be seeing lots of videos coming up as well as the ones that I've done in the past. Awesome. We will put all those links in the show notes so people can just click right to you and get them. Uh, when your book comes out, I'll make sure I go back and add that in. So I, I'm looking forward to uh, reading more about that. It's a very interesting topic. Margie, thanks so much for being here. I am grateful for you taking the time, especially since we're so many uh, time zones uh, apart right now. And um, I'm just, you know, once you go to Dubai, I'd, I'd love to hear that story too. So maybe we'll talk about you coming back, but thank you for being here. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you much for having me. And I'm wishing you lots and lots of wonderful exotic experiences so that you can cross many, many more things off of your bucket list.